everyone. This is Molly Douthat. And David Douthat. Welcome to More Than Hearing, a podcast to encourage preachers to use multiple intelligences in sermons and worship leadership, because there are plenty of ways to reach someone's soul. Today we're covering Music Smart and Self Smart for the lectionary selections for the 14th Sunday in Ordinary Time, Year C. Jesus sends 70 disciples out into the countryside to teach and heal. Paul closes his letter to the Galatians with some final thoughts. Psalm 66 tells us to make a joyful noise to the Lord, and Isaiah sees Jerusalem as a nurturing mother. We have illustrations and special effects to liven your sermon preparation. Join us. This podcast is based on Dr. Howard Gardner's theory of multiple intelligences. Dr. Gardner suggests that there are multiple ways to learn, process, remember, and understand our world. Each week, centered on the weekly readings of the Revised Common Lectionary, we develop illustrations and special effects using various smarts based on Dr. Gardner's identified intelligences. Over the course of four weeks, we will cover word smart, eye smart, math smart, body smart, music smart, nature smart, people smart, and self smart. You could read more about Dr. Gardner's work by clicking at the link at the top of our webpage, morethanhearing.org. Join us as we explore ways these intelligences can be utilized for a deeper appreciation of God's Word. Then we encourage you to try it yourself. Anytime and any way we can make use of the different smarts, we give people greater access to the Word of God so they can acquire it, process it, and internalize it in ways that make sense to them. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome here. Uh, We are moving on into summer. It's really hot. And uh, we're actually getting this done a little earlier this week than we have the last couple of weeks because nothing (laughs) else has been happening. (laughs) Well, it's still still late. Yeah, but not as late. Uh, So anyway, we are looking at two smarts today, music smart and self smart. I am going to be looking at music smart. Um, If you want to know more about what the smarts are, you could click the resource link at the top right side of our page, www.morethanhearing.org, and read about Dr. Gardner's work. But music smart is um, people who are, well, music smart. People who respond to melody, harmony, rhythm, uh, poetry, meter, that sort of thing. Uh, The Book of Psalms is a worship and song book for the ancient Hebrews. So here is where we find music smart in scripture. And there are resources out there with possible instrumentation and vocalization of those ancient songs. I'll have a link for that at the show notes so you can go over there and take a listen. Music was as important to our forebears as it is to us. And I have another link to possibly the oldest written melody, which goes on for six minutes. Um, You might want to just listen for a while because it's sort of repetitive. (laughs) And the comments at that particular link are, for a change, very funny. Uh, So you might want to do that too. Anyway, music emphasizes emotions and drama and is often the uncredited creative tapestry to popular movies and television shows. Imagine Harrison Ford running down the slope toward the biplane with no music track. It's still pretty dramatic, but indie needs his theme. So next to word smart, music smart has a home in our worship experiences as long as you don't mess with what we like or what we think we like. 
If you choose to introduce something from another culture or genre with music, you will need to do it knowing you will be pushing people out of their preferred boxes. Acknowledge that and insist that our Lord is honored in this other rhythm or melody as well. And I say that because I have some things that are going to probably push people. (laughs) So what have you got for Self Smart, honey? Self Smart or Intrapersonal Intelligence is about self-awareness, teme noche, know thyself. It's about recognizing and drawing from your emotional state, your personal strengths and weaknesses, your intuition and triggers. The self-smart person has a rich internal life, and self-smart activities lead people to deeper reflection on their needs, desires, and motivations. In the church, we don't always set aside time for self-smart awareness in reality, although we talk a good game. Prayer and meditation and contemplation are the traditional expressions of it, and the monastic orders are built around equal parts of self-smart, like this, and people-smart community building. In modern parish life, though, in my experience anyway, we often speak of the need for these practices, but don't often provide the time or resources for people to learn them. In our preaching, and for our purposes in this podcast, illustrations and special effects that help people turn inward for a bit to see what's going on inside them need to be accompanied by time and silence. Again, this can be awkward for those who are not used to it. But Jesus himself spent time alone in prayer regularly and expected it of his disciples, so we have good reason to be intentional about it. We are flipping the order from what we've done the last couple of weeks and beginning with the gospel lesson this week for Year C, Ordinary 14, is from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 11, jumping out to verses 16 through 20. The part that got excised is uh, Jesus, woe to you, Chorazin, woe to you, Bethsaida. Um, you can choose to use that if you want to. We, I have essentially glanced over the top of it for what I'm doing for Music Smart. This is the story of Jesus appointing 70 people and sending them out ahead in pairs to every town and place where he himself intended to go on his way to Jerusalem. He sends them out like lambs into the midst of wolves, carrying no purse, no bag, no sandals, greet no one on the road, whatever house you enter, say to that first say, peace to this house. And if anyone is there who shares in peace, your peace will rest on that person, but if not, it will return to you. Remain in the same house, eating and drinking whatever they provide, for the laborer deserves to be paid. So, more instructions about how they are to go out and be in these towns. And uh, finally says, whoever listens to you, listens to me. Whoever rejects you, rejects me. And whoever rejects me, rejects the ones who sent me. And then we end this section with the 70 come back saying, this was awesome. We did great <laughs> things. And uh, so there you have it. All right. So for Music Smart, um, for, for all of all four of these texts, for Music Smart, using the U- Music Smart lenses, I stood way back from the texts and got a great big picture of them. So it seems to me that sending the teams of disciples out is kind of like small independent bands trying to make a living on the road. (laughs) They go from place to place, meet other musicians, get gigs in local venues. Some people really like their vibe and some people don't. 
They keep going until people all around the region have at least heard of them, if not actually heard them. They get to the end of their appointed time on the road and return home where they tell their agent what happened and begin planning for the next tour. Cool. So that's an illustration. Um, For a special effect for that, as the passage is read, play a simple melody on a piano or a guitar some or any, any instrument that just has a lovely sound. Just a simple melody. It can be a familiar melody. It could be something that the in- instrumentalist just plucks out of nowhere. As you get to verse six, start adding some harmony or a second instrument to the melody and do the same thing with verses eight and nine. And when you get to verse 10, change the tempo or volume and add some thumping beats that really grab into the drama and continue with the melody, the harmony, the additional voices or instruments and gradually drop each of them out until you get to just the melody from the beginning as the passage is finishing up. Sort of what I suggested doing at Easter, except instead of building, starting in a minor key and building to a great major key, just sort of starting with one voice, going out, and then coming back. Could be interesting. Neat. And a lot of fun for your musicians. Another illustration, um, the 70 going out into the countryside without Jesus with them is echoed in a poem by Teresa of Avila called Christ Has No Body. And we'll have a link for that at the show notes in life if you're not already familiar with it. <laughs> yeah, that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what you got for self? This sounds like a sort of David versus Goliath story, at least from the point of view of the disciples, I would think. The ones being sent up. out. Yeah. Uh, the lamb versus the wolves. Mm. Right. Mm. And mm-hmm. uh, uh, we often see that played out in sports movies or in army movies where your group is outnumbered by the enemy, that kind of thing. So there's often a stirring of motivational speech by the coach or commanding officer about reaching down deep to find the strength and determination to face the challenge. Right? Um, so I have a list of movies that that have that sort of thing, you know, remember the Titans, Independence Day, Hoosiers, Lord of the Rings, Rocky, pick a number, uh, Zulu, Miracle, Stripes, and, and Braveheart. Stripes. Yeah. <laughs> Just the fat Jack. Right. Uh, so the connection there would be that, that looking inward to find strength in the face of overwhelming odds. Um, it's got some eye smart if you show any of the clips. It's got people smart for the uh, coach motivation thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but finding the strength would be an internal work. Hmm. Um, so then for special effect, ask people to think about a time when they felt like lambs sent into the midst of wolves. Mm. And what did you think about the ones sending you? And did you feel anxious, fearful, confident, defiant, something else, or maybe all of the above? And how did you grow emotionally or spiritually from that experience? I, I the, the a situation that came to mind as you were saying that was when we took Meredith 
to middle school for the first time when we first moved mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. And I dropped her off for her first day. And she, looking at her, I felt like I was sending a lamb into the wolves. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that was awful. Yeah. Just terrible. Well, that might be the other side to think yeah. about. Have you ever, Have had, you ever to send... had to send a lamb out into the wolves? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oof. Mm. Oof. And she managed. She did. She, she survived, survived and she has thrived. Indeed. She can do anything now. All right, let's go on. The epistle lesson for year C, Ordinary 14, is Galatians 6, verses 1 through 6, if you want to, uh, but especially verses 7 through 16. The first six verses that are not in there are about restoring someone who has fallen into transgression and doing it gently and to bear one another's burdens. Uh, Then we move on to the recommended passage, and this is uh, uh, Paul's exhortations at the end of his letter, don't be deceived, God is not mocked. If you sow to the flesh, you'll get corruption. If you sow to the Spirit, you'll reap eternal life. Don't be weary in doing what is right. Uh, do not give up. And then final admonitions, he says, and he starts talking about the circumcision party, which is kind of the theme for the whole letter. Um, they just want to be able to glory in your flesh, to say that they've they've got you converted. Uh, may I never boast in anything except the cross of Christ, because circumcision or uncircumcision, it's not a thing. The new creation is everything. Hmm. So, pretty cool. That'd be a good t-shirt. The new creation is everything. That would. Anyway. <laughs> for be good for body smart for self smart <laughs> uh looking at verse 12 and 13 at the end there where paul is talking about the circumcision party he's accusing them of trying to collect trophies as it were or notches in their belts um that's an idiom that sometimes refers to a significant achievement like oh the young executive got a contract that moves him up the ladder right mm-hmm. um but is just as often seen as meaning taking advantage of someone else for your own personal gain, which is generally looked upon with disdain. Um, I couldn't think of any particular examples of of that kind of... Of someone who uh, does that? Someone who does that. Oh, they're uh, everywhere. But they are everywhere. (laughs) I'm thinking of three or four right off the top of my head. Yeah. So there you go. I'm sure you can come up with your own list. But more importantly, I got to thinking about what motivates someone to be that kind of person, to Mm. be the notcher, the one who's looking for, you know, just self-gain, self-gain at your expense. And uh, so I found several articles that discuss that social motivation, and I've got links for them on my worksheet, which you can find at our show notes, morethanhearing.org. And uh, one is a scientific paper on social motivation, the cost and benefits of selfishness and otherishness, a word I like. Um, <laughs> then there's another that gets into it, it, it uh, with more of a bloggish feel. There's no supporting uh, citations Sign, yeah. or anything. Uh, but some good discussion. And then a discussion on Quora about the question of whether selfish motivation 
lies behind every human behavior. Hmm. So I've got links for all of those. And all of that led me to think about Martin Buber and his book, I and Thou, which is talking about the dual nature of our being in the world where we either treat things as it or as thou, Mm -hmm. as an object or as a relationship. Mm -hmm. So I've got some uh, links to several summary articles about I and thou. If you haven't read it, it's really dense, so the uh, the spark notes might be enough for you for this uh, Sunday. Then for a special effect, looking at verse 9 about not growing weary and doing what is right. Can you imagine yourself in a situation where you wouldn't grow weary? You might get physically tired, but not be ready to give up. Like, that two-year-old who just keeps going and, <laughs> and finally just drops over Boom. asleep in mm-hmm. the middle of whatever, right? Um, so not growing weary. Uh, uh, and, and would that be different if it's not growing weary and doing what is right mm. as opposed to just going? Mm. Um, and then finally, which is more motivating for you, doing something for the good of others or something for your own good. And, uh, you know, they're, they're not mutually exclusive necessarily, or, or, and there's not necessarily a value judgment on either of those, but just the question. For Music Smart, the idea of reaping and sowing really caught my attention. And I thought of it in terms of uh, learning good and bad habits for playing an instrument or for singing. So Mm. if you develop a bad habit that doesn't actively interfere with your capacity to play an instrument or sing, you're likely not going to change it. Uh, For example, if you Mm. never tune or clean your instrument, you may not detect much change. But over time, the muck gathers in valves and pads, and it can damage their effectiveness to process what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. So if you have the bad habit of not taking care of your instrument, it's going to catch up to you. If, on the other hand, you keep your instrument tuned, cleaned, and in good working condition, you and it will make beautiful music for a long time together. Nice. So that's kind of the idea of reaping and sowing. I think that also kind of plays into receiving back into fellowship, those excise verses, that Mm. if you um, uh, Mm -hmm. encourage someone to uh, take care of their instrument uh, better than you are incur- you are receiving them back into the quartet or the band or whatever. Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you. Uh, so for a special effect that plays directly into that, bring in somebody who tunes pianos or to talk about the importance of keeping your piano tuned. Or if someone in your congregation plays an instrument, invite them to talk about what habits they cultivate to keep their playing capacity limber. Uh, how often they practice, what they what they practice, where and how they tend to their instruments, or if you have a vocalist, somebody who is a trained vocalist who uh, knows specific things that they do to keep their voice in good good condition, uh, might also be good to talk to that person too for your for tips for your preaching voice because oh, there well, are yeah. times you might <laughs> notice at the end of a service that you can barely talk, yeah. and so you're probably practicing some bad habits for breath control and things like that. Mm -hmm. So, just off the top of my head for that one. 
But anyway, so there are a couple of ideas for music smart for this passage. They, they say, um, you know, practice makes perfect, but somebody else has said, no, perfect practice makes, makes perfect. perfect. Right, yeah. right, exactly. Okay, let's go on. The psalm for Year C Ordinary 14 is the first half of Psalm 66, verses 1 through 9. This is the one that begins, Make a joyful noise to God, all the earth. Sing to the glory of his name, give to him glorious praise, and then goes on for why that should happen. Um, <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. we only have yeah. so much time here. <laughs> so um, I have been taking a, a, a distant look at the passages, and in this one I've got some specific songs to suggest as illustrations. Uh, if you have not yet gone or found hymnary.org, that is a wonderful compendium of music. Um, you can go there and uh, insert any particular scriptural text, and it will pop up with a bunch of stuff. And these are some of the songs that came up in a scripture search for Psalm 66. The first one, or one of the first ones that popped up that I know, is called I Love to Tell the Story. Mm. It's an old hymn. Uh, I love to tell the story of Jesus and his love, is essentially the that one. Uh, the old classic, Oh, for a Thousand Tongues. One that I don't know very well, but I think would be pretty easy to teach, is Glory and Praise to Our God. Um, another old classic from All That Dwell Below the Skies, something that's much more contemporary that was uh, written in the late 80s or early 90s, Shout to the Lord through mm -hmm. Hillsong, and one that I really, really like, and this is one of those that's going to push some of your people outside of their comfort zone because it involves drums. Uyaimosi, which is translated from the Shona language to Come, All You People. Um, it's really cool. And I have links to all of these at the show notes. So you can go over and take a look and see what we have. Shout to the Lord and Uyaimose are performances, people who are actually singing these songs. And I have three different versions of people singing Uyaimose. Um, uh, just so you can kind of get a sense of how you can do different instrumentation and solos around them. Cool. It's really a fun song. I like it a lot. And it is making it's a joyful noise to too. the Lord. Oh, really easy. Yeah, yeah kind of taize, kind of easy. So for special effect, if you choose not to do any of those particular uh, hymns, or if you choose to do them, anyway, in, in your worship service, as this particular psalm is read for a special effect, break out the percussion instruments. Assign each instrument a verse or a word in the psalm, and when it is time to read the psalm, tell the people who are playing the instruments to really play it out. Uh, pick out particular phrases that could be read by multiple voices or even sung. So take this particular psalm, and as it is being presented, turn it into a song. And if you um, need a little hint as to how you might do that, go back to the beginning uh, when I was talking about how music is used in worship and look at that old that link for those old, old ancient uh, instrumentations of music. Cool. For self-smart, I have a special effect uh, on the psalm. Uh, take some time to make a list of the reasons that you have for praising God, both for who God is and for what God has done. 
Try to be aware of your own emotional reaction as you make the list. Does it bring joy, awe, fear, resentment, boredom, something else? What's going on in you when you consider the works of the Lord? And try to trace the roots of those feelings to a source, especially if they are at all negative. And, you know, I'm not sure why they would be, but I can imagine a situation where you might have some Well, there might have been something, uh, if you uh, praise the Lord for some sort of thing, and then it stirs up memories of a relationship or something that maybe went south. Yeah, yeah. And so, that kind of thing. Trace that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, um, uh, invite the Holy Spirit into that work to guide you, to protect you as necessary, so that you can uh, find that root and maybe offer that to the Lord, if it's something that needs a little healing, perhaps. Hmm. Hmm. So, um, point. yeah, um, you know, this would be something for the preacher to do, but also invite your folks to do it and maybe give them some time to work on it during the service even. Mm-hmm. Uh, or It's always uh, a good homework assignment. Yeah. Yeah, invite them to come and, and do it with you or hmm. set up a table at uh, your fellowship time afterwards for folks who want to work on it or something, mm-hmm. and if they want to do it as a group therapy session. <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to a parking lot meeting? Yes. 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 There you go. Okay, let's go on. The Old Testament lesson for year C, Ordinary 14, is Isaiah 66, verses 10 through 14. You may remember we're doing the complimentary series on the Old Testament lesson. What? I'm trying to figure out how this is complimentary to Luke. Anyway, go ahead. Keep talking. I'll sit here and ponder that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry, didn't mean to throw you. (laughs) Totally threw me because now I'm thinking. All right. Well, anyway. You continue. I'll think. All right. Uh, It is essentially a psalm in a lot of ways. Yes, Uh, quite. Rejoice with Jerusalem. Be glad for her. Rejoice with her in joy, all you who mourn over her. That's kind of interesting. Um, And and then some – some really interesting imagery here of Jerusalem as the nursing mother for those who have come home. Mm-hmm. And then, thus says the Lord, I will extend prosperity to her like a river and wealth of nations like an overflowing stream. And you shall nurse and be carried on her arm and dandled on her knee. Hmm. I had to look that up. That's where you have a kid. And yeah, go, yeah, boingy, boingy, yeah, boingy, yeah, yeah, exactly. And they go, ha, ha, ha until they spit up on you. Right. right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this this imagery of Jerusalem as the loving, nurturing, uh, and prosperous mother uh, from whom the child draws uh, sustenance and, and nurture and fun, which is a pretty remarkable imagery uh, considering they're coming back. This is third Isaiah. So they're folks coming back from exile to this uh, destroyed and derelict city. Hmm. So, wow. Big turn here. Yeah. So, yeah. Hmm. Hmm. 
So uh, for self-smart here, describe as Isaiah has done, but maybe with a little, with more tenderness and less flash, the deep, intense connection between a mother and a nursing child. And this would be maybe somewhere in the window between the postpartum shock and letdown and the I'm so ready to be done with this and have this child weaned, right? <laughs> Uh, so maybe, you know, the child's four or five months old, uh, old enough to be sitting up, um, really starting to explore the world, laughing a lot uh, and and playful. And uh, you've got the routine down, but you've got this, it, there's a lot of energy and, and uh, it's a, maybe I'm just romanticizing what I remember of that period, but. Um, yeah, for me, it would have been six to seven months, I think. Okay. Because yeah. I was, I was still, I was still recovering at four months and. Yeah. You know, it takes a while for the hormones to realign themselves. Yeah. Well, uh, I, you know, I'm not, well, yeah, I'm not but, good with time, so. Well, for, um, you, no, well, with with our kids, you were just all over them right from the beginning. Yeah, so well, that's true. Um, anyway, finding that sweet spot mm-hmm. is, is the idea. Uh, and if you're if you're a dude and you're not familiar or you you don't have a connection there, then talk to some moms uh, about their experiences there. And going along there, our our son was born within a year of my mom's death from cancer and my wife's grandfather's death. And so his birth made for an odd commingling of emotions, of grief and sorrow and joy and hope. And um, I, I think we gained a certain perspective of the balance of life and death in the hands of God from that timing. And maybe that balance that tilts toward life is what Isaiah is offering to the people who are facing their ruined city. Mm. Yeah. Good point. What do you have for music? For music, um, it's the river is what caught my attention. I will extend prosperity to her like a river and the wealth of the nations like an overflowing stream. Um, so I went and I looked for hymns that specifically spoke to rivers. And again, I plugged Isaiah, Isaiah 66 instead of Psalm 66 into uh, hymnary.org and found a couple of them. Um, one is called Like a River Glorious, and I have a link to hymnary for that one with the text for the words. And then I found two others uh, titled River of Peace. One of them is a hymn. And you can find that at Hymnary. And the other one is a worship song uh, by a woman named Karen Peck. So I have links to all of those things, and you can go take a look. It, there are lots and lots and lots of songs and, and hymns and folk songs about rivers. Uh, take me to the river, down by the riverside, um, shall we gather at the river, uh, rivers, rivers, like river. I got peace like a river, absolutely. Uh, so all sorts of river songs. Uh, if you want to use that particular image from the psalm. Um, uh, again, uh, you could probably pull any other, uh, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. Images use the phrase mother in uh, hymnary and see what you come up with. Um, a special effect. I think the images in this selection from uh, Isaiah 66 really just beg for interpretive movement, which is a body smart uh, special effect, but mm-hmm. I think it could be interpreted um, 
with rhythm and meter, uh, with, um, it, it could be very poetic in its, in its presentation. So I'm, I'm saying do this, uh, for music smart, acknowledging the fact that there's a lot of body smart in it. Right. So have your dancers wear dark colors because what's going to be important is their bodies moving and uh, tambourines. Um, when it talks about playing tambourines, you just hoops with streamers uh, for anything that mentions rejoicing. Uh, for the verses that mention nursing or holding a child, pantomime that action, wrap a, a cloth up as, as, as though it were a child with some streamers hanging down like it were swaddling clothes. Um, uh, mentions of rivers uh, uh, or God's abundance, a long piece of blue or white cloth extended or draped uh, between people. Uh, you could just do all sorts of really uh, wonderful poetic um, uh, interpretations of this. So there's, again, there's body smart and there's also eye smart because mm-hmm. people will be seeing this. Um, maybe a little self smart and a little people smart too. Self smart for how it might move them in 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 their own hearts, and people for how they might talk about it afterwards. Okay. That's it for today's podcast. Please ask questions or leave us a comment on our website www.morethanhearing.org, or at facebook.com/slash morethanhearing, or tweet us at morethanhearing. Or email us at connect at morethanhearing.org. If you tried any of these suggestions, or maybe got an idea that you like even better than ours, please let us know what you did and how it went. We would love to hear how using this theory has made a difference in your preaching and worship. Remember to check out the show notes, worksheets, links, and resources at our website. They go hand in glove with the podcast and give you lots more material to work with. Don't forget to subscribe using the links on the website for iTunes, Google Play, Android, or good old RSS. Or point your podcatching software at morethanhearing.org slash feed slash podcast. Help others find us more easily by writing a review at the iTunes store. And of course, you can always share the show with your friends and colleagues. We'll be back with another episode next week. So in the meantime, stay subscribed and be smart. This was awesome!